Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down Bad Books, a podcast analyzing trashy bestsellers from a literary perspective. And today we're looking at chapters 15 and 16 of Breaking Dawn. So where we left off, they figured out that Bella should start drinking blood, considering she has like a vampire baby inside of her. They're like, that's a good idea. So she's drinking blood out of a sippy cup with a bendy straw. Jacob's popping in and out of the house. He's alternating between being a surly little bitch and also being her blanket for her. And Seth's being a bit of a blanket for her. I mean, just get a fucking blanket. You know what I mean? Honestly, not a lot's going on. It's, it's kind of boring. Like we're waiting for something to actually happen, like the baby to be born. And that's indicative with the next chapter heading, which is TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Insinuating to me that nothing's going to happen in this chapter either. Like we, I know the pregnancy is accelerated, but can we just, can we just yank it out of her by now? Like, come on, let's get this show on the road. If you are sort of feeling a little bit like, oh no, there's nothing going on with Breaking Dawn, head over to the Patreon and see what's going on down with Allegiant. Because I tell you what, shit's happening over there. Hoo-hoo, boy. It's got plot. I don't understand the plot, but it's got plot. So that's, that's nice. Anyway, so let's get into, yeah, chapter 15, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And so it's, okay, so Jacob and Seth are running the perimeter because they want to scope out whether the pack's running around as well so that the Cullens can go and hunt. And so basically it's just a conversation between Jake and Seth through their mind connection. And they're pretty much just saying, yep, not picking up any sense. So like, boring as fuck. And while he's running around with Seth, he takes this as an opportunity to bitch about Leah. He's like, oh, it was easier to run around with Seth than it was with Leah. Oh, Leah. Though she was trying hard, there was always an edge to her thoughts. Like, oh, this bloody Leah. So annoying how she, she thinks things that she thinks. Jacob's complaining, being like, oh, she doesn't want to be here. She doesn't want to be hanging out with vampires. She doesn't want Seth to be friends with vampires. She didn't even wear Esme's clothes that Esme gave her. She threw them down the river. And Jacob thinks the only thing that he didn't expect was that she's not that angry at him. He and her never used to really get on. He thought that he would be pissing her off, but no, she, she has no antagonism towards him, strangely. Oh, and also she killed an elk at lunch and that didn't really satisfy her appetite. It made her mood worse because she hates eating raw. And okay, this big old diatribe against Leah. Okay, Leah, don't be a wolf then. I wonder if that thought has occurred to her or not. Like just, 
Like just phase back and go to McDonald's. I can't, I can't hear you complaining about this any longer. And I can't hear Jacob complaining about Leah any longer. She's part of the pack. Get over it. And so Jacob's thinking about other backup plans that they can have instead of Bella dying while delivering the demon spawn and then having the pack like pounce and try and kill Bella or kill the Cullens. Or, or he's trying to think of a way to avoid conflict. And which, you know, if we know anything about Stephanie Meyer, she loves avoiding conflict. So Jacob's thinking that they should just go and find some friends up north and just hang out there, like the Denali clan. And Seth, he's like, oh, I've already asked Edward about that. He says they haven't gone to Tanya's place or anything and they're not going to leave because it takes some time to build up the kind of medical access that Carlisle has here. He's got everything he needs to take care of Bella and the credentials to get more. So apparently doctors can buy blood or something like that. So he's saying that they're going through the stockpile of her own egg because she's drinking it. So like, yeah, that obviously will deplete the stock. And Carlisle doesn't want to go somewhere where he doesn't have the credentials to buy the blood. And I'm like, you're a vampire, mate. You probably don't have to do it legally by the book. Who cares about your credentials when you're taking care of a patient? That's not on any books, by the way. Like, no one at the hospital is calling up, like, asking about the treatment plan for Bella's pregnancy. They don't know she's pregnant. You're a vampire, just steal blood. If not, kill people. Steal blood. That seems like a dumb excuse to stay put. And Jacob's like, that seems like a dumb excuse. Like, just take the shit with you. Take the blood and the IV bags with you and buy some more blood along the way. Steal some more blood along the way. And Seth's like, yeah, but Edward doesn't want to take any risks moving her. And I mean, yeah, fair enough. But the call's coming from inside the house. It's the demon spawn that's beating her up. It's not her moving around the house that's a risk here. It's, It's the kid punching her and breaking her ribs from inside of her that's the problem. And this is when Seth gives Jacob the update that she's broken another rib and she's also been running a fever off and on. Seth says, it's just a low grade fever, sweats and then chills. Carlisle's not sure what to make of it. She might just be sick. Her immune system can't be in peak form right now. And Jacob goes, yeah, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Okay, surely he's being sarcastic. Like there's no way she's just coincidentally sick with fever and chills even though she's got a a vampire spawn inside of her and vampires are famously like icy cold. Yeah, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. What? Uh, What medical degree does Jacob have? And then Seth says, oh, don't worry. She was in a good mood though. She's chatting and laughing with Charlie. And Jacob's like, Charlie? Don't know how Jacob didn't see this in Seth's thoughts or whatever, but he's like, Charlie, what the fuck? She's talking to Charlie. And Seth's like, oh yeah. Um, Yeah, he calls every day. And a mum calls sometimes too, like obviously not very often because Renee's a piece of shit. And he says that Bella was reassuring Charlie that she was on the mend. And Jacob's like, on the mend? Why the hell are they doing that? Because Bella's going to die anyway. And then she's not going to be able to see Charlie. Like why give Charlie the false hope that she's on the mend when really she's not going to be on the mend. And he's like, I thought they were getting him ready for that, trying to prepare him, which I mean, I don't think you can prepare someone for your daughter dying, but sure. And Seth thinks, well, she might not die. And he's like, okay, Seth, get your head out of your ass, Seth. If she doesn't die, she's still going to be a vampire, idiot. And then Seth says, Bella wants you to stop by. Alice wants you to as well. She says she's tired of hanging out in the attic like the vampire bat in the belfry. So Alice wants Jacob around because it gets rid of her headache because she can't see visions or whatever bullshit. 
And it's like, okay, does Jacob need to perform that function or can Seth not do that as well? Seems kind of odd that Alice would pass that message along via Seth when Seth is also a werewolf. And then Seth says, well, I was switching off with Edward before trying to keep Bella's temperature stable. So (laughs) he and Edward were taking turns. So when she's hot, Edward touches her. When she's cold, Seth touched her. And Seth says, I guess if you don't want to do it, I could do it. And Jacob's like, no, I've got it. Because, you know, Jacob's very territorial over the girl that's not his girlfriend. So then Jacob goes to the Cullen's house. He just walks in like he owned the place, hoping to piss Rosalie off, which, okay. I don't think Rosalie's, you know, that invested in whether or not you're knocking on the door. She hates you regardless. I don't think she's going to hate you any less if you are polite. So he goes inside. There's Edward, there's Esme, there's Alice, and he can't see Bella. And Alice is like, oh, don't worry. She's in the bathroom. You know, she's got a mostly fluid diet, you know, so, you know, and and the whole pregnancy thing, it does that to you. So, okay, so Bella needs to pee. Glad that's a plot point. Her mostly fluid diet's going straight through her. Okay, great. So then Rosalie comes downstairs carrying Bella and Rosalie's like, ugh. She goes, oh, wonderful. I knew I smelled something nasty. See, I don't think she would have cared if you'd knocked at the door, Jake. And then just like before, Bella's face lit up like a kid on Christmas morning. And he's like, can this bitch please get a poker face? I'm sick of her being so happy to see me. And she's like, Jacob, you came. And he's like, yeah, hi, Bells. So Rosalie lays her down on the couch. Edward's like, are you cold? And she's like, I'm fine, guys. Don't worry about me. And Rosalie's like, listen, little bitch, we told you not to downplay anything. It doesn't help us take care of you if you're lying and downplaying shit, okay? And she's like, okay, fine, Rose. Uh, Edward, can you hand me that blanket? And Jacob's like, I'm here, baby. What do you need a blanket for? And Bella goes, oh, you just walked in, Jake. After running all day, I'd bet. Put your feet up for a minute. I'll just warm up in no time from this little old blanket. And it's like, bitch, it's not going to exhaust him to rest a hand on your neck. She's like, oh, no, Jake, don't worry about me, Jake. It's like, you're pregnant. Everyone's taking care of you. Everyone's fretting about your body temperature. Can you just shut up and sit there and let Jacob rest his hand on your thigh or something? She's like, oh, no, no, Jake, you need to rest. Fuck off, he doesn't. Oh, she's so annoying. And like, you just got told not to downplay shit. And here she is being like, oh, I don't want to be an inconvenience. Well, guess what? You're an inconvenience. This vampire pregnancy is very inconvenient. So Jacob's like, whatever. He sits down next to her. He holds her hand and he also puts his other hand against her face. And she's like, oh, thanks, Jake. And she's shivering like, oh my God, calm down. And then Jacob's stomach rumbles because he's hungry. And Alice says, Rosalie, why don't you go and get Jacob something from the kitchen? And if I were Rosalie, I'd be like, why don't you do it, bitch? You don't order me around. And Jacob says, thanks anyway, Alice. But I don't think I'd want to eat something blondie spit in. I'd bet my system wouldn't take too kindly to venom. And Alice says, Rosalie would never embarrass Esme by displaying such a lack of hospitality. And it's like, oh my God, Alice, you get up and fix him a plate. I don't know why you're making Blondie do it all. And then Blondie goes, of course not. I'm calling her Blondie because Jacob's calling her Blondie. She goes, of course not. And she breezes out of the room into the kitchen. And Jacob says to Edward, you tell me if she poisoned it, right? And Edward says, yes. And he says, and for some reason I believed him. And it's like, of course he's going to tell you of it's poisoned. What do you mean for some reason I believed him? It's, uh, uh, why would Edward not tell you of it's poisoned? He's on your side in this moment in time. And so there's a lot of banging coming from the kitchen and like the sound of metal being abused, okay, which is weird. 
and Edward sighed, but smiled just a little. And then Rosalie's back and she's got a silver bowl and she puts it on the floor and she says, enjoy mongrel. And it says, it had once probably been a big mixing bowl, but she'd bent the bowl back in on itself until it was shaped almost exactly like a dog dish, which is just fucking hilarious. This is why Blondie is just good value. And Jacob's not even that bothered. He's like, wow, good craftsmanship. He's like, oh, and she wrote Fido on the side of the bowl in, in excellent handwriting. And it was steak with a big baked potato and all the fixings. So he's like, wow, this is pretty good. Thanks. So it didn't really work. She was trying to do a little dig, but it backfired because Jacob's like, I've, I, I just ate like a random deer. I've been killing and eating bunnies. Like this is, this is delicious. It's cooked for one. So like, yeah, I'm not going to complain. Well, actually, no, he is going to be an arsehole still because then he says, hey, do you know what you call a blonde with a brain? A golden retriever. And Rosalie just goes, well, I've heard that one. Like your, your blonde jokes aren't funny. And I really don't like when Jacob's doing these blonde jokes. Like it's, it's low hanging fruit. It's not funny. It's misogynistic. And like they're dumb blonde jokes, right? But like has Rosalie ever come across as dumb? Like nah. No, she seems pretty smart to me. But anyway, he loves the food. He was like, it's pretty freaking tasty. So then he like wants to lick the bowl, but he's like, oh, I better not. Again, wouldn't want to be rude in the vampire house. And then Bella's running her fingers through his hair. And he's like, oh, do I need a haircut or something? She's like, yeah, you're getting pretty shaggy. And he's like, "I'm, I'm good for a few weeks. Don't worry. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. Will she have the baby in a few weeks time? So he asks her, he says, what's the due date for the little monster? And she's like, Jake. And he goes, I'm serious. I want to know how long I have to be hanging around. But he's really thinking how long you're going to be alive for. And she goes, I don't know. We're not exactly working with the nine month model here. Like obviously, but she's apparently been gaining about two centimeters of baby belly a day, sometimes more. And it's only been two weeks and she's already like 30 centimeters. And she thinks she's going to get to 40 centimeters. So they think they've only got like four days left. And Jacob somehow spins that to be all about himself. And he's like, oh, good to know how long I've got to stay here. And he says, it's funny, even knowing that it was almost over, the hold she had on me only got harder to break. Almost like it was related to her expanding belly, as if by getting bigger, she was gaining gravitational force. Yep, she's growing a demon spawn and it's all, it's all about you, Jacob. I don't know if this is an allusion to the imprinting thing that's going to happen with the baby. But he's now saying that he's feeling a pull towards her belly, which I mean, it's all just very weird. And she's all like, well, thanks for coming, Jake. I didn't think you'd come. It's rude of me to want you to come here, but I really am happy that you're here. And he's like, why? Why do you want me here? Seth could keep you warm. He's probably more fun to hang out with. But when I walk in the door, you smile like I'm your favorite person in the world. And she goes, well, you are one. And he's like, okay, well, I want a real answer. And she says, it feels complete when you're here, Jacob. Like all my family is together. What? Okay, fuck Charlie's drag. Fuck Renee's drag. They're not here. And she's like, when you're here, Jacob, with the rest of the vampires, I feel like everyone's together. That's my whole family. That's so rude. Like I can understand her leaving Phil off of the guest list, but like Renee and Charlie should at least get the call up. And Jacob says, I'll never be part of your family, Bella. And she says, you've always been a part of my family. And it's like, no, he hasn't. I think you guys used to hang out when you were like 14, when you were visiting your dad in Forks for a couple of weeks a year. And then she moved to Forks a year ago. 
you barely hung out until you got dumped. Then you hung out with him for, you know, maybe what, three months, four months where you're pretty tight, but then he turned into a werewolf and disappeared. And then you got back with your ex and you barely see him anymore. So I don't, I don't know when you became family. And she's like, Jake, you're supposed to be a part of my life. I can feel that. And so can you. I don't know where we got off track, but we got off track. Blah, blah, fucking blah. And Edward's like, maybe you should go to sleep, Bells. You're talking shit. And then she, she does fall asleep. Just mid conversation, she falls asleep, which is convenient because now Edward and Jacob can talk shit about her. And Jacob's like, Seth said it broke another one of her ribs. And he's like, yeah, I know. She can barely breathe. It's pretty fucked. And then Jacob's thinking about how furious he is that Charlie's getting phone calls. And Edward's like, yeah, I know, not a good idea. But you know, I can't say no to Bella. He's like, yeah, she can't bear the anxiety of him being mad at her. And it's like, oh my God. And Edward says, yeah, she's hoping to still see Charlie after she turns into a vampire. And Jacob's like, that's fucking crazy. And Edward's like, yeah, I know, but you try reasoning with Bella. And Jacob's like, okay, but Charlie will notice a difference. And Edward's like, yeah, she knows. She's banking on that. And I'm like, why? And Jacob was like, why? And she goes, yeah, you know how like she figured out that you were a werewolf with your little clues? Like you weren't allowed to tell her, but you know, she figured it out because she's a genius. Well, she's also not allowed to tell Charlie the truth because it would be too dangerous for him. But he's a smart guy. So she thinks he'll come up with his own explanation and she's assuming he'll get it wrong, but whatever he thinks they'll just go with. And so she thinks she'll be able to see him from time to time. And Jacob's like, that's insane. And Edward's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking cooked. And yet knowing Stephanie Meyer, that's probably exactly what's going to happen. And again, no conflict. And then Jacob's thinking about the logistics of the pregnancy because of the really super strong vampire skin. That's means they can't even do ultrasounds. Like how's the baby going to get out? All of that stuff. And Edward's like, I know pretty crazy but we've been doing some research. It appears that the creatures use their own teeth to escape the womb. Apparently Jasper and Emmett have been running around, I don't know, vampire towns, just asking, hey, has anyone had a baby? They're trying to decipher ancient stories and myths to try and figure out what they're working with. And Jacob's like, oh, okay. So this isn't the first of its kind. And Edward's like, I don't know, maybe it's all very sketchy. The myths could be products of fear and imagination, but hey, your myths were true. So maybe these are true too. And Jacob's like, well, how did you find this out? And Edward goes, well, it's the weirdest thing. There was a woman we encountered in South America. She'd been raised in the traditions of her people and she'd heard warnings about such creatures, old stories that had been passed down. And I guess it's just a coincidence that she happened to be the cleaner on ILSME. Like, wow, what are the chances? In the whole wide world, Barely anyone's ever heard of vampire babies, except for what was her soiree? Was that her name? Like she's all on top of it. Isn't that a happy little accident? And it's kind of annoying that they're just like, oh yeah, you know, there's other vampire babies out there maybe. Whereas a few chapters ago, they were like, only Edward would ever have the restraint to be able to impregnate a human. And yet guess what? Nah, apparently it's super common in South America. And Jacob's like, okay, well, what specifically are the warnings that this cleaner gave and he's like oh that the creature should be killed immediately before it can gain too much strength and Jacob's like oh well Sam said that too and Edward just waves it off he's like oh yeah but they said the same about us like who cares and Jacob says okay well do the stories mention the mothers and Edward's like oh about that Mm." 
And Rosalie, by the way, was still there watching TV. So she chimes in and she goes, there's no survivors, dickhead. But the way she says it, like, it makes sense to me. She says, giving birth in the middle of a disease infested swamp with a medicine man's. Okay, well, it's a bit, it's a bit inappropriate what she's saying, but she's like, of course there were no survivors giving birth in the middle of a disease infested swamp. Now, I don't know if that is the case that these, these people were giving birth in a disease infested swamp, but okay. But she's basically saying women died in childbirth all the time back then. Even normal births didn't have a great success rate. None of them had what this baby has, which are, you know, caregivers, a doctor who is unique with his knowledge of vampire nature and a human medical degree. We've got a place to deliver the baby as safe as possible. Like she's like, yeah, there were no survivors previously, but this one's got a good chance is what I thought she was saying. Just, you know, through the nature of medical progress. And she says those other mothers probably would have survived if they'd had that. But, you know. And Jacob gets so fucking pissed off because he's taking it as like, she doesn't care if Bella dies, which I mean, she probably doesn't, but she's still made a a point that's quite valid, even though she probably shouldn't have described it as like a medicine man smearing sloth spit across someone's face to draw out evil spirits in a, in a disease infested swamp, no less. Like, I mean, she could have left out that detail, but yeah, Jacob and Edward are pissed at her because all she cares about is the baby. She doesn't care about Bella. And it's like, I don't either. And if I were Rosalie, I wouldn't care about Bella either. It's like Rosalie has to now live with Bella for the rest of eternity. And she had no say in it. She had no say in who Edward wanted to shack up with. And now she's got to live with a new roommate. Like, ugh, I feel bad for her. And yeah, she, she actually did have a choice and she voted no. <laughs> she voted no to Bella becoming a vampire and yet it's happening. So I, I would be totally on her side if she's feeling a little bit in her feelings and getting pissed off. Anyway, so Jacob's pissed off. So he throws the dog bowl and he calls it the doggy bowl (laughs) at her head. And she goes, ow. And he goes, dumb blonde. And she says, you got food in my hair. And that makes him laugh. And he laughs, laughs, laughs. Cause oh my God, she got food in her blonde hair. And yet I thought he ate the whole meal. So I don't know what food was left in the doggy bowl because he just told me earlier that he was going to lick it up. So I guess that's a typo. And Rosalie says, I'm not going to forget this dog. And Jacob says, it's not hard to erase a blonde's memory. Just blow in her ear. And she goes, get some new jokes. And I agree. And I guess that woke Bella up because she's like, oh my God, guys, Jake, leave Rose alone. And then she starts to have a seizure or something because the kid's stretching out. And Carlisle runs over. He's like, oh shit. And Bella's like, guys, don't worry about it. The poor kid doesn't have enough room. That's all. He's just getting really big and he's stretching. It's like, oh my God, Bella, you're such a freaking idiot. And she's like, it reminds me of you, Jake, with your growth spurt. And he's like, don't compare me to that little fucking monster. She's like, I could watch you growing taller by the minute, Jake. And now he's like that too, with a little growth spurt. It's like, it's not a growth spurt when you're still in utero, but okay. And Carlisle's like, huh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, maybe the fetus's genetic makeup is similar to Jacob's and his chromosomes. And then we're talking about the fucking chromosomes again. I'm sick of the fricking chromosomes. And so Carlisle's just like speculating about the chromosomes. Meanwhile, like Bella's dying, but yeah, okay. And so while they're gibbering, jabbering about genetics, Jacob's thinking and he's like, wait a minute. So she's got this really strong ambiotic sac or whatever, which is practically impenetrable. It's too tough for needles to get through. But Rosalie said she's got a plan to deliver the creature safely. And Edward also said that the creatures would usually tear themselves out of their own mother's wombs with their teeth. And then he's like, wait a minute. Now I know. 
He goes, oh, vampire teeth are strong enough to tear through the skin. That must mean that Rosalie has a plan to get Bella's baby safely out of her by using her teeth to tear her belly apart. And it's like, well, yeah, no fucking shit. And the chapter ends there as if that's like a big cliffhanger. And it's like, yeah, how else, how else are they going to do it? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So then we go to the next chapter, which is too much information alert. Oh my God. Too much information alert. And she wrote it all out. Like just say TMI alert if you want to be hip and current Steph, but no, too much information alert. So he takes off just before sunrise. He runs out, he goes into wolf form and Leah's like, morning kiddo. And he's like, oh my God, great. Leah of all people. And Seth's also there. He's, he's tired, but he's got another hour in him. So they're like, let's go do a run up to the, I don't know, the state line or whatever to see if it's okay for the Cullens to hunt later, which I thought they were going to do before. But all right, we're just getting to that now. And Leah's like, oh, great. Another vampire errand. And he's like, you got a problem with that, Leah? I'm sick of your attitude, Leah. And she's like, nah, nah, don't have a problem. I love coddling those darling little leeches. And he's like, well, let's just run, Leah, and, and see how we like it. And she's like, cool, I do love running. And so, okay. That was a thrilling little bit of dialogue. And so even though he just said, hey, Leah, let's see how fast we can run. And she's like, yeah, cool, let's do that. He says, hey, Leah, nose to the ground. This isn't a race. It's a reconnaissance mission. And it's like, bitch, you just said, let's see how fast we can run, which implies to me that it's a race. But now he's getting mad at her for running fast. Like you just told her to run fast. Oh, what a dickhead. Oh, what a dickhead. So anyway, I think they're just bantering. I don't know if they're really taking that to heart, but they're bantering. They're running around through the mountains. 
Jacob finds a trail that the vampires usually take, but he can tell that all of them have come and gone through this trail, except for Edward for a while. So he thinks Edward hasn't gone out to do that run. He thinks it might be a hunting track, but but since Edward brought his dying pregnant wife home, he hasn't gone on that track lately. Who gives a shit? And he even thinks like, oh, well, whatever reason that the Cullens took this route, it's, it's not important to me. And it's like, obviously it's just for them to go hunting or play baseball. Does it really matter what they're doing when they're running around in the forest? But anyway, they're not picking up Sam's scent, so they think he's just bunkering down in La Push. And then Jake and Leah are again trading barbs. She's saying that he's had such a 180 turn with his attitude about vampires. And he's like, yeah, well, you're not exactly the same Leah I've always known and loved either, you stupid bitch. And she's like, oh yeah? Well, am I less annoying than Paul? And he's like, yeah, you are. And she's like, well, that's good then. Okay. And then they start heading backwards and they're like, let's hunt something on the way. And then Leah's like, oh, thanks by the way, Jake. And he's like, what? And he goes, for letting me stay, for letting me be me. You know, you've been nicer than I had any right to expect. I thought they were fighting, but now she's like going into a DNM with him. And he's like, I actually don't mind having you here, which is news to me because he's been bitching about her consistently for the past like six chapters. And she's like, well, I think you make a good alpha. Even though, again, she's just been a bitch to him back, but now she's complimenting him. She says, you're worth following Jacob. And he's like, what? He goes, where did that come from? And then she's thinking about how she would like to stay with him when all of this craziness is over and how Jacob's just going to go off into the forest and be a pack of one and be by himself. She's like, maybe I could go with you. What? What? Just don't be a wolf at Leah. She's, she's thinking that she doesn't want to go back to Sam's pack because she's sick of hearing Sam's thoughts, which, you know, fair enough. But she's like, maybe I'll just be a nomad with you. And it's like, bitch, be a human. They've said before that they can just quit their wolf forms and then their human bodies will start to age again and go back to normal. Just do that then if you hate it so much. But no, now she's saying, I'm happier now as part of your pack than I've been in years. I won't be a pain. I won't follow you around. You can go wherever you want. I'll go where I want, but I'll still be a part of your pack. So we'll only have to interact with each other when we're both wolves and we share the telepathic connection. And Jacob's like, I don't know about this. And Seth's thinking like, oh yeah, you know, I could, I could hang around too. And Jacob's like, no, Seth, you need to go to college and get a job after all this is over, Seth. Oh, I don't want you being a, a wolf in the forest with me. I don't want to mess up your future. And Leah's like, yeah, that makes sense for you, Seth. But for me, I'm staying as a part of the pack. Yeah, I'll go and take some classes at a community college and maybe get into yoga and meditation to work on my temper issues. But I'll stay a part of this pack for my own well-being. Like, don't be a part of any pack. And she's like, it makes sense, Jacob. And Jake goes, look, this is a bit much to deal with, Leah. Let me think about it, okay? So then they're running and Jacob's thinking like, ugh, a pack of the two of us? Jeez, I don't know if I'd like that. It'd be far too intimate. And then he's thinking like, oh, I wonder if she's really thought it through. And it's like, bitch, she can hear your thoughts right now. You're thinking shit about her and she can hear it. But she purposefully ignored it. Like she was trying to prove how easy it would be if it were just the two of them. And then they run into a herd of deer. So they start to kill and eat the deer. And she's squeamish. She's like, ugh, I don't want to eat raw meat, yuck. And so then Jacob sort of says like, just let the wolf take over. Like just think in your wolf voice or some bullshit. I don't really know. He's trying to let the wolf of him 
take over in that instinct. So his own squeamishes disappear. And so she's like trying to tap into his line of thinking. So she's thinking like his wolf, I don't know what's going on, but they're just sharing a meal and they're they're bonding over it by being wolves. I, I don't get it. But he says, it was weird. Our minds were more closely linked than they had ever been before because we were both trying to think together. And he's like, hmm, maybe it would work. Maybe it would work if Leah joined my pack. So then they eat and then she's like, you know what? That wasn't so bad thinking your way. And he's like, yeah, I know. And then she says to him, okay, so you're going back with the bloodsuckers? And he's like, I don't know, maybe. And she says, okay, now she starts diagnosing him and I don't know, mansplaining to him. She's like, it's hard for you to be there, but hard to stay away too. I know how that feels. And he's like, oh my God, here Leah goes. Here goes Leah again. And he says, you know what, Leah? My head's probably not going to be the happiest place on earth after all of this is done. And you'll have to suffer right along with me. And she's like, yeah, I know. But honestly, your pain will be easier to deal with than my own. And he's like, okay, great words of comfort, Leah. And Leah's like, I get it, Jake. I don't like her, but she's your Sam. She's everything you want and everything you can't have. And I know it's worse for you because at least Sam is happy and he's alive and he's well. I want what's best for him, but I don't want to sit around and watch. And Jacob's like, oh my God, do we have to talk about this? And she says, yeah, we do. Because I want you to know that I won't make it worse for you. Maybe I'll even help. Oh my God, this is so boring. Are you guys bored? I'm bored. I'm so sick of Jacob's POV chapters. Ah. And then I guess because they were communicating too well or they were digging too deep, they then start to think about how much they hate Rosalie. And so he replays throwing the dog bowl at her head and she laughs because that's hilarious. And then she even runs through a few blonde jokes that she knows that he might be able to use. And I'm like, can, can we chill with the blonde jokes? Can we cool it? And then Leah says, you know, it's crazy. You know, that blondie, I kind of get where she's coming from. And Jacob's about to freaking lose it. He's like, what, what, what? And she goes, look, 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 look. Let me explain. And he's like, I don't want to hear it, Leah. And she goes, let me explain, dickhead. She goes, look, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Stop overreacting. I'm talking about being a genetic dead end, Jacob. And oh boy, okay, let's unpack this. All right, all right. Oh boy, okay, so she says, you would understand if you weren't just like the rest of them. If my female stuff didn't send you running for cover just like any stupid male so you could actually pay attention to what it all means. And he's like, what? And then he sidebars and he explains to us, the reader, he's like, yeah, so none of us like to think about that stuff with her. Who would? Like, oh my God. Oh, oh, female issues. Yuck. He says, of course, I remembered Leah's panic that first month after she joined the pack when she didn't get her period. And I remembered cringing just like everyone else, just like any man would, because, you know, periods are so disgusting. This piece of shit, Jacob, he's honestly acting like it's the biggest deal in the world that he has to hear about menstruation. He's like, Ugh, I don't want to hear it. And he's like, yuck. And then he was thinking we were confused because she couldn't be pregnant because she hadn't been with anyone since Sam. But then she realized that her body wasn't following the normal patterns anymore. The horror, okay, the horror, what, what, okay, what a way to put it. The horror, what was she now? Had her body changed because she'd become a werewolf or had she become a werewolf because her body was wrong? <gasps> what? The only female werewolf in the history of forever was that, okay, in the history of forever, like they, they have the history book on that. In the history of forever, was that because she wasn't as female as she should be? 
Okay. Oh boy. Okay, so what they're getting at is they think Leah became a werewolf because she's not woman enough because she maybe has reproductive issues. Now, isn't that fucked up? So Stephanie's pretty much saying, if you as a woman can't give birth, then you're not a real woman. Like that's so shitty. And it seems to get worse because he's like, oh, none of us wanted to think about that. Like, ugh. Obviously, we don't want to deal with that trauma or unpack that misogyny. So then she's like, it gets worse. You know why Sam thinks we imprint? And Jacob's like, yeah, to carry on the line. And she goes, yes, to make a bunch of new little werewolves, survival of the species, genetic override. You're drawn to the person who gives you the best chance to pass on the wolf gene. If I was any good for that, Sam would have been drawn to me. But I'm not. There's something wrong with me. I don't have the ability to pass on the gene. Something wrong with her. I don't have the ability to pass on the gene despite my stellar bloodlines. So I become a freak, the girly wolf, good for nothing else. I'm a genetic dead end and we both know it. (gasps) Yet Stephanie's saying, if you can't give birth, you're not a real woman. This is bullshit. And Jake's like, oh, that's just Sam's theory about imprinting. Imprinting just happens. We don't really know why. And he says, Billy thinks it's something else. And she goes, yeah, I know. He thinks that you're imprinting to make stronger wolves because you and Sam are such humongous monsters, bigger than our fathers. But either way, I'm still not a candidate. I'm menopausal. I'm 20 years old and I'm menopausal. And Jacob thinks, ugh, I so didn't want to have this conversation. Like, oh my God, grow up. Grow up, Jacob Black. And he's like, oh, you don't know that, Leah. It's probably just the whole frozen in time thing. When you quit your wolf and start getting older again, I'm sure things will pick right back up. And she's like, nah, because no one's imprinting on me, notwithstanding my impressive pedigree. And she's like, if you weren't around, Seth would probably have the best claim to being alpha through his bloodline. Of course, Leah wouldn't be considered, obviously. So she's saying if imprinting's really to create genetically good werewolves, someone should have imprinted on her or she should be imprinting on someone if, if that's what it's about. But because she can't fall pregnant, that disqualifies her to be a candidate for imprinting. And I'm like, okay, so if that is the purpose of imprinting, why have people imprinted on babies who are not right for reproduction? Why would Jacob then go and imprint on someone who's a half vampire who, who clearly he probably cannot have any children with. I assume he can't have children with them down the line. Like, I got, if that's what imprinting is all about, like it's even weirder that they're imprinting on babies. Like, I really hope it's not about reproductive potential. And Jacob, like, I guess he's like happy not to talk about menopause right now. So he just puts a pause on that. And he says, well, You really want to imprint or be imprinted on? Like, geez, what's wrong with falling in love like a normal person, Leah? It's like, okay, way to change the subject, Jacob. That's not really what she was getting at. But she's like, yeah, I mean, none of the people who've imprinted seem to mind. And she says, like, if if you were to imprint on someone, your love for Bella would go away. You wouldn't hurt anymore. And he says, well, would you want to forget how you feel about Sam? And she's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, actually I would. And Jacob's like, wow. All right, I'll pay that. So Leah says, anyway, I I get what the blondie is talking about. She is just 
focused on what she wants. And what she wants is what she can never have. And Jacob's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. You would really murder someone because you can't have a kid. Because you want to have a baby, you do whatever it takes. And she's like, I don't know, Jacob. She goes, maybe if there was nothing wrong with me, I would never give it a thought. She says, I think she's just living vicariously. And if Bella asked me to help her with this, I probably would. Even though I don't think much of her, I'd probably do the same as the bloodsucker. Because if it was turned around, I'd want Bella to do that for me. And so would Rosalie. We'd both do it her way. What? She says, that's the funny thing about knowing you can't have something. It makes you desperate. And he goes, okay, conversation over. That's my limit. I can talk about periods briefly, but I don't want to talk about you helping Bella. And he really doesn't even want to like hear her thoughts or talk about it any further. So he phases back into human form, even though he's a mile away from where he left his clothes. So he does a little nudie run in human form. And he's thinking, yep, no, that's it. I'm not going with Leah after this. She can go be miserable in La Push for all I care. I don't want to hear about periods and female business. And he's like, I'm not even phasing back until Leah's asleep. I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to think about vaginas. I'm done. So he goes into the house and Alice opens the door and he's like, where's everyone else? And she's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's got a full bladder again. Because I hear when someone's pregnant, they need to pee all the time. But no, the baby has broken Bella's pelvis. So yeah, ouch. So then they come back downstairs. Bella's got a cup of blood in her hands and she's, she's white. She's gone all white. Her face was all white. And it's like, bitch, what else is new? And she's like, Jake, you know, always so jazzed to see Jake. And Carlisle's there and Jacob's like, oh, we went halfway to Seattle. No sign of the pack. You're good to go. And he's like, okay, great. Thanks. So they talk about the logistics of them taking turns to go and hunt, blah, blah, blah. And Jacob was like, oh, I was planning on taking off to get some Z's, but the chance to ruin Rosalie's morning seemed too good to pass up. So he goes up to Rosalie and he says, hey, have you heard this one? How do a blonde's brain cells die? And she doesn't respond. Like, why would she? And so he says to Edward, does she know that one or not? And Edward's like, I'm reading her thoughts and she doesn't know it. And he goes, well, guess what? The punchline is they die alone. And Rosalie's like, that's not funny. Rosalie goes, I've killed a hundred times more often than you have. You disgusting beast. Don't forget that. And he says, someday beauty queen, you're going to get tired of just threatening me. I'm really looking forward to that. And Bella's like, oh my God, can you guys chill the fuck out? And Jacob's like, oh, okay. You want me to take off Bells? And she's like, no, of course not. And Bella says, you look tired, Jake. And he goes, yeah, I'm dead beat. And Rosalie goes, I'd like to beat you dead, which um, I mean, hilarious. I'm hashtag team Rosalie. She's really just the best one currently. So they're all just sitting on the couch. And then Edward looks at Bella and he goes, did you say something? And she's like, no. And he's like, what were you thinking about? And she's like, um, just, you know, the island and feathers. And then she blushes and Jacob's like, oh, I don't want to know because she's obviously thinking about how they had sex on Isle Esme and she got covered in feathers. And he says, say something else, talk, talk. And she's like, what's going on? And he goes, oh my God. And he says, it's the baby. The baby likes the sound of your voice. So he can hear the baby's thoughts. And Bella's like, Harley cry, you can hear him. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, what's it thinking? What's it thinking? And he's like, oh, it's happy. He or she is happy. And then Bella's rubbing her belly and she's like, of course you're happy, pretty baby. Of course you are. How could you not be all safe and warm and loved? It's like, well, okay. 
famously, I don't think the vampire spawn baby is warm. It's, it's actually making you chilly. And then she says, I love you so much, little EJ. Of course you're happy. Oh boy, here we go. <gasps> Strap yourselves in. Edward says, what did you call him? And she's like, oh, I, I sort of named him EJ. Like your father's name was Edward, right? And he's like, yeah. And then Edward gets distracted being like, oh my God, it likes my voice too. And she's like, of course it likes your voice, dummy. You have the most beautiful voice in the world. And then Rosalie's like, all right, well, what's the backup plan name? Okay, like having a, having a female baby is a backup plan now. Like that's ridiculous. And she goes, okay, <gasps> here it comes. Oh God, I feel sick. I feel sick just saying it. Oh my God. Oh, I'm going to vomit. Oh, she says, I kicked a few things around playing with Renee and Esme. I was thinking, Renesme. Uh, uh, oh my God. Oh, I'm going to be sick. Oh, I'm going to be sick. And Rosalie goes, Renesme. And she spells it out. She goes, yep. R-E-N-E-S-M-E-E. Too weird. Uh, and Rosalie says, no, I like it. It's beautiful and one of a kind. So that fits. Uh, of course it's one of a kind. Uh, oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. It's like, of course it's one of a kind. And you know how like sometimes characters in popular TV shows, books, movies of the time, like people start to name their kids after those characters. And like that name starts to become popular. Like, I don't know, Rachel from Friends. Everyone started calling the kid Rachel or whatever. Have you ever met a Renesmee? Because this book's been out for, I don't know what, 10, 15 years. I've never met a single child Renesmee. There's a lot of twihards out there. A lot of, a lot of fans of this series and none of them have named their kid Renesmee. And what does that tell you? That it's a stupid fucking name. Renesmee. I mean, I mean, could she, could she have come up with the worst name? Could she have come up with a worse name? And like, you know, you don't have to name a child after, after your mother figures. You don't have to name a child after its dad or, or your ex crush. She doesn't reveal what the J is, but we know it's Edward Jacob. That's what she was planning on calling the kid. It's like, you could have just come up with a new name. I mean, what she did with Renesmee, but you know what I mean? You could have just come up with like Jeff, Susan, little baby Caroline, little baby Ted, like anything, anything. And now she comes up with Renesmee, like, fuck me dead. Oh, we're going to have to move on. It's disgusting. Okay. So <sighs> Edward's then saying, oh my God, he loves you. He absolutely adores you. And I'm surprised the unborn fetus isn't thinking like, did you just assume my gender? But no, the baby's just rolling with it, I guess. And Edward's like, yep, he loves you. So they're all having like this nice family moment and Jacob's getting pissed off. He's like, well, fuck. Because now Edward's looking at the belly all besotted. And Jacob's like, I thought he was going to be on my side. I thought he was going to hate the demon spawn with me. Now he likes the demon spawn. Everyone's all team demon spawn. And I'm stuck here still hating the vampire spawn. Jacob thinks I was all alone with my hatred and the pain that was so bad. It was like being tortured, like being dragged slowly across a bed of razor blades. Pain so bad you'd take death with a smile just to get away from it. Okay, calm down. (laughs) Calm down, Jacob. And so then Edward, he finally hears what Jacob's thinking. And he's like, oh no, Jake, get away from here. And he tosses some car keys to Jacob. He says, get away, Jake. And he doesn't say it harshly. He threw the words like they were a life preserver. He was helping me find the escape I was dying for. And that's the end of the chapter. And like, I think, I think Jacob can turn into a wolf and run as far away as he wants to. But like, thanks for lending him the car, Ed. There's no possible way he could have escaped that situation without 
the help of your car keys. So that's the end of the chapter. Wow. Okay. Boring as fuck for the first, I don't know, 40 minutes that I was talking, but right at the end there with the, with the baby naming and the car keys, it started to get a little bit interesting, sort of. Okay. Uh, I need to process Renesme all over again. So I'm just going to take a week off try and purge the anger out of my body. Just like Leah, I might start doing meditation and yoga and I'll regroup with you guys next week for hopefully what will be the end of Jacob's POV. And then we're getting back into Bellatown. So let's look forward to that. Alrighty, bye. Send your burning thoughts, frustrations and grievances on this latest chapter of this shitty book to breakingdownpod at gmail.com or on Twitter at podbreakingdown and Instagram at breakingdownbadbooks. You can visit www.breakingdownbadbooks.com for all the listen links, contact information, merch, and more. To support the show on Patreon and gain access to exclusive ad-free bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash breakingdownbadbooks. Ratings and reviews on your preferred podcast platform are also a fun, free way to support the show. Breaking Down Bad Books is hosted by me, Nathan Brown, who you can follow on Instagram and Twitter at NathanBrown90. Thanks for listening and happy reading. 